five steps to outsource and freelance anything. So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us who have too much to do and too little time able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. So outsourcing or freelancing or whatever you want to call it, when basically the idea is to go get somebody to do part of the work that you need to do either in your life or your business. I mean, if you think about it, even in our personal lives, we essentially outsource and we freelance things, right? If you have somebody come in and mow your lawn or clean your house or any of those kinds of things, those are essentially um, outsourcing services or freelancing services or whatever if they aren't full-time employees. And particularly in business and particularly in today's day and age, especially in digital business, outsourcing and freelancing are very, very hot topics because the fact is we can't possibly get all the things done that we need to be able to get done in any given day. And so we're going to need help to be able to do it. But at the same time, what makes it so easy now is not only do you have the globalization of the economy where you have access to people all over the world in ways you never would have, but in addition to that, you actually have platforms, you actually have websites out there that specialize in this. They bring together a marketplace of talent where you're basically able to go out, get people that you need. You can you know, see reviews and you can you know, vet people and hire them and manage the entire process directly online. So it's never been easier than it is right now. That said, um, you know, I, from my own personal experience, have had some outsourcing and freelancing nightmares. And I know a ton of people that are very resistant to do it because of the fact that the experiences they've had are so negative. And so I want to share um, five steps to outsource and freelance anything. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I've learned over the years, over the last 15 years, I've done a lot of outsourcing. I've done a lot of freelancing and I've hired a lot of people to do these kinds of things. And I made a ton of mistakes. Okay. But I've also learned a number of tricks that really work to make it work in your favor to a point that when you start to do it the right way, it almost becomes addictive. You want to start to outsource and freelance everything because you're able to get a lot more done in a lot less time and at a lot lower cost. So, you know, quite simply, you know, outsourcing or freelancing is basically just finding somebody else to do something that you need done and to do it in a way where you aren't hiring them as a full-time employee. So it's valuable because it's the only way to get enough done in order to grow or scale or build whatever it is that we're trying to do. And so in my own personal experience, I'll tell you what I used to do. Um, what I used to do is, and this is one of the big mistakes that I made, is when I when things were going well in my business, that's when I decided to start outsourcing. Okay, so it was it was basically uh, financial. I got to a point where you know I had sales coming in, I was selling products, I was selling services. So I said, geez, it would be great to expand my team, get additional people, and be able to do all of this stuff a lot faster and a lot easier. So um, what I did is I said, well, geez, you know I'm going to need somebody who can do web pages. So I put up a posting for a web page designer. And then somebody responds to it, and I, I look at them, and I end up hiring. And then I need someone who's going to do some administrative stuff. And 
I need somebody who's going to do my email marketing. So I go out and I hire a few people. And then what happens is I was already oversubscribed and really busy. Now I have three additional people that I'm responsible for that are all waiting for tasks from me and they're all waiting to get paid. And the problem is I was so busy that I didn't have anything preset in advance. I didn't have anything designed for them to do. So what I ended up doing was creating like gopher work where I'm giving them, I'm out tasking instead of outsourcing, where basically I'm thinking up a task today that needs to be done, giving it to them, they go do it, then they come back to me looking for the next one and I don't have it yet, right? So I'm doing the same thing. So I was spending my days finding stuff to do to keep these people busy. And it, it, it sounds insane when you think about it and when I describe it, but that's literally what was happening because I felt like, well, I have money, so this is what you do. This is, you start to outsource. You start, this is how you grow. Because that's what I had always heard. And while it's true, there's a right process to follow. And when you do it that way, you're, you're destined to failure. Um, the other thing, that, the other mistake that I made, and then I'll share with you the five things to do it the right way. Um, the other mistake that I made is oftentimes I waited until I was so overwhelmed with what I needed to be get done. And I was so excited by the idea of having somebody else to be able to come in and do it that when I would post something, the minute that I saw someone who looked remotely qualified, I would basically just hire them and start to give them the work. And that was another problem because, again, not only did they not always meet the right criteria or um, have the right you know, skills that I needed, but in addition to that, sometimes um, you, know, they, 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 you know, they weren't even reliable or their work wasn't even any quality. And that just made things worse because, again, now I'm micromanaging somebody who I already didn't have time to deal with. So the five steps that I've learned all through trial and error is, number one, start before it's urgent. Now, you may not be able to do that if you're already sort of underwater and stuff that you might just need to forego step one. And I understand that. But in general, you want to set that as your goal. You want to set that as your goal that you can be proactive about it. And when you see that there's going to be a need, you anticipate that in advance and you create it. And a great way that I've found of doing this is anytime I'm doing anything new. Okay, I'm not, you know, for example, I take on social media marketing. It's not something I've ever really done. Like everything else, it's a whole science. You know, anything online, all these digital business things, each one has its own like ecosystem and language and all this other stuff that you need to learn. There are all these tasks and things. And so what I do is as I'm going through it, even though it's a pain, I document it. And the reason I document it is then I have a process that I'm able to follow. And if I'm able to follow it, I'm able to give that process to somebody else and they're going to be able to follow it. So a great way to do this stuff is while you're doing anything, particularly if it's something brand new, document the process. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be well formatted. It just needs to have the right structure, the right steps. The other benefit you get from doing that is clarification. Anything that you see that's wasteful in the steps or needs to be adjusted, it's very easy to go back and adjust it because you have a set system that you're using that you can go back to over and over and over again. So starting before it's urgent is really, really big. The second thing is to have a very clear idea of what you need. Now, you might laugh and you might say, well, Brad, I mean, of course, like, you know, of course I've got an idea of what I need. Otherwise, how would I even know I need to outsource? 
as funny as it sounds, I've felt this way a lot of times. Oh, I really need someone who can do web page design because I have a couple of web pages that need to be laid out. But what ends up happening is when I actually stop and think about it and I break it all down, I realize, well, geez, I just need a couple of pages created. This isn't going to be somebody that I need for an ongoing project. And so it's really important to get total clarity on what you need in a variety of areas. One is the skills. You know, what specific skills does the person need to have? Do they need programming languages? Do they need web design experience? Do they need, you know, Photoshop or other software packages, right? So the skills and the things that are going to be required, there are going to be must-have skills. If you need Photoshop graphics, they obviously have to know Photoshop, right? But then there might be some other skills as well. Maybe you're really into aesthetics, so you want them to know, understand color palettes, right? So there will be some skills that are must-haves and some that are good to have. And so you need to have an idea of skills. You also need to have an idea of scope. Again, you know, this is a mistake that I made where I felt like, okay, I need someone who's going to do web design and I'm going to be needing web design all the way down the road. So in the future, so I'll just go hire a web designer. But that's the wrong way to do it because if right now I only need two web pages designed, and I might need another two pages in a month. Well, you know, first of all, you're not going to get the right person if you're hiring. Second of all, you're either going to pay them too much for work they're not doing, or they're going to get really frustrated because they're not getting enough work. And so you want to make sure that you're clear on what the scope is. If it's, I need two pages done right now, and I'm going to have ongoing work for you, but it's not going to be constant, you can come to that agreement in advance. And by the way, I have outsourcers like that. I have some that work for me all the time. And I have some that understand that it's project-based. You know, I use them over and over again. And I keep the contracts open, but they're not always billing hours. And I'm not always giving them work. Because it just depends on what I need and when I need it. So the scope is really important. And then the tasks themselves. What specifically do you need done? The more vague you are, the more general you are in your own mind about what needs to be done, the less likely you're going to get done what you need to get done. Because other people are not going to be able to intuit what you need. They also are not part of your business. They're not invested in the same way. I'm not suggesting they don't care about the work they do. I'm not suggesting they don't want to do good work for you. But if they don't understand what you need, then how are they going to give it to you? And worse, if you don't understand what you need, how are you going to understand and know when you get what you need, you know, what you need in the first place? So that's where um, the problem becomes, is you need to get very, very clear on that. And that takes a little bit of time, which is another thing that if you're starting when it's already urgent, you're going to want to shortcut that. You're going to want to say, well, that's okay, as long as they can do some, you know, ClickFunnels web pages or whatever. But that isn't good enough. You need to actually lay it out in bullet bullet points. And again, the value of this is, is multifold. One is that it gives you clarity. It makes you think through what you need. The second thing is it gives a very clear idea to the outsourcer what skills are going to be needed and how clear you are on what they need. I mean, they go through this all the time too. They've dealt with clients that don't know what they need. But the third thing is it again gives you a living, breathing document that now you can go back to if you hire somebody and it was a mistake or you realize this skill was missing or this skill was unneeded, you can now go back. You can adjust that and you can make it so it keeps getting better and better and better and more effective, 
right? So that way you're able to do that. And then um, the, the next element of it is to actually post that job, right? So this is all still under, under sort of the second thing. You could post it on like Upwork.com, Fiverr.com. There are a bunch of outsourcing sites. So what you want to do is just look up outsourcing websites and then or freelance marketplaces. And then you want to find places where there are people within the skill set you need. Most of them are general. So like Upwork has everything. But, you know, maybe they're not as good in one particular discipline as another outsourcing site, whatever. But then you post the job with as much specifics as you can. The third step, once you've got all that done, and this is when it starts to get more fun and a little bit easier. When you do the work up front, you'll find the rest of it's a lot easier. The third is to vet your candidates. You know, again, um, the temptation, especially if you're new to this or especially if you're overwhelmed, is as soon as somebody comes through with the qualified skills, you're ready to pull the, at a reasonable price, you're ready to pull the trigger and hire them. That's a huge mistake. I've done that and I've wasted more money than I can count. And I'm promising you that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do, no matter how good people look, is to narrow the pool down, spend a few minutes reading through the reviews that they've got, looking through their skills, and um, then reaching out. to You shortlist them and then reach out to the ones you're interested in. Three to five candidates for any one job you want to at least open a dialogue with. And what you do is I ask them a question. And it might be a question I don't even really need an answer to, but that isn't what I'm testing. What I'm testing is, are they responsive? How long does it take them to respond to me? And I bear in mind the time zone. If I send them a message in the middle of the night for them, I don't expect them to respond in 10 minutes. But if it takes them four days to get back to me and they're not even getting my money yet, um, I'm pretty sure that they aren't gonna be reliable, right? So, or they're oversubscribed themselves, and so they're not a good person to hire. So I want to see how responsive they are, but I also want to see their communication skills. Do we vibe? Do we have a good sense of communication where we can understand each other, where they understand what I'm looking for and I can understand what they're telling me in, re in return? Um, I've dealt with outsourcers that there's a communication issue and it makes it really difficult. The other thing is if they're doing anything where you can get upfront samples of their work, I always ask for that. If it's graphic design, real easy. Show me some designs that you've made. You can see in a minute whether it's the aesthetic that you're looking for. Okay, so you can get upfront uh, samples and obviously read the reviews or at least look at the reviews to see. And in particular, look at the bad ones. Any of the ones that didn't go well, check out those reviews to see what the reasons were and make sure that they're not things that are fatal flaws. Once you've done that and you've narrowed it down to you know one or two finalists, what I do is the fourth step is I hire somebody and what I do is, even if I have a huge project for them to do, I start them with something very little. So if I need 28 web pages designed, I give them one. And I do that for a very specific reason. Then I can vet their work and I can see how well they've done before I'm on the hook for the whole thing. They're always gonna want more work because that's the way they make their life, you know, that's their livelihood. So you start them small, Make sure they do a really good job. Again, they should want to impress you with the first job. And so you can expect that the first job is going to be among the best you're going to get. If you're not satisfied, then it's foolish to think that you're going to be satisfied with all the rest of them. So I start them small. And when they finish that, if they do a good job, then I give them more. If they don't, 
then I, I tell them, thanks for your services. I'm not really, you know, I'm going to move on and try somebody else. And I go try the next person. I go back to the next person I vetted and try them. And so that's the way that I, I do the actual hiring. And then the fifth step is don't hold on too long. This is another mistake I made a number of times. I've had someone who I knew was not right in my gut. Um, it wasn't working out. They weren't communicative. The quality of the work wasn't what I wanted. And I, and I wanted to work with them to bend them around and make them good. Look, if you have hired employees, I understand why you would want to invest time in them. But we're talking about outsourcing. This is, this is simple. Um, it's very easy to hire. It's easy to fire. So um, despite the fact of you being a good person and having a soft heart, it's more important they find the right job for them and that you get the right person for you. So you're not paying more than you should be for work that you're getting done and you're not getting shoddy work in return. You have to have enough pride in what you need to have done to insist on quality. And so if you get a sense someone is not right, you can give them one additional chance. After two strikes, that's it. Do not continue to pay somebody or continue to give them jobs if they aren't getting the job done. That's another mistake that will just cost you a lot of money and a lot of heartache in the meantime. So again, those are the five steps that if you follow, they're all based on mistakes that I've made, clarifications I've made, and optimizations I've made to my own process. And now I'm very, very effective at outsourcing. I get a lot out of it, and I think you will too. So start before it's urgent. Have a very clear idea of what you need in terms of the skills, the scope, and the tasks, and post the job. Vet the candidates, ask them questions, get upfront examples, and read reviews. Then start them small and grow from there. And don't hold on too long if you identify someone who's not a good fit. Those are the five steps to outsource and freelance anything and do it super successfully. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.